The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's Monday night. We are going to get things started with a bang here tonight. Leslie McGurk will be our guest. We're going to be talking about astrology. We'll be talking about mercury in retrograde. And we'll talk about the relationship between astrology and medicine. These are all great topics. And I will tell you this, when we talk about astrology on this program, which we don't get much of an opportunity to do, I and mean, we have, you know, we have a conversation about it a couple times a year, probably. Uh, and it's never enough because I still don't completely understand how it all works. But our guest tonight does, and she will tell us how it works, what it means, and what we're to learn from it all. Again, Leslie McGurk will join us in just a few minutes. Uh, you know, I, I know that there's some people commenting about no Friday night show. We didn't do that this last week. I apologize for that. Uh, we're in the middle of rebuilding our computer system here in the studio. And uh, when we do that, sometimes, uh, you know, we leave things apart, <laughs> not put back together in time for a special program like the Friday night show would have been. Uh, and we just didn't have it together for the show. So I apologize for that. Uh, we are still in the process of building the, this, the, the network and all this stuff. And, of course, whenever you do that, because we don't generally buy the PCs uh, off the shelf, we build them ourselves and uh, because we need special things to make everything work properly. But... Uh, they tend to not work immediately. We tend to have to mess with them quite a bit to get everything to uh, sync and work properly. And the more they try to make it easier with Windows 10 and all that, all of that, the more difficult it becomes. So, again, apologize for the lack of the show on Friday night, but uh, it was uh, it was unavoidable. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the channels. I'll mention that before we get ready to bring our guest in here. YouTube and Twitch can easily be found by searching for JV Johnson. And when you find them, please hit the subscribe or the follow button, whichever is more appropriate, depending on the service you're using. Also, find the podcast version of the show. We have had some tremendous growth of the podcast. We're getting downloaded something close to 10,000 times a day. And I thank all of our podcast listeners for the support there. It really, really is awesome to see those numbers grow as podcasts in general become more popular. It's nice that ours is right on the top as well. So again, if you're looking for the podcast version, it's on all the major podcast distribution platforms. And it's easy to find, but the name is slightly different. In the podcast version of the show, it's called Beyond Reality Paranormal, just so you know. And you can find it. And even if you listen to the show live generally or in one of the other ways that we distribute the program, uh, subscribing to the podcast gives you an opportunity to, to have it uh, on your phone whenever you might have missed a program or you want to go back and revisit one. It makes it very, very simple. So once again, we, uh, we're we ready to um, go to break here. When we come back, we'll have our guest on. Again, tonight we're talking with Leslie McGurk, astrologer. We'll talk about astrology, mercury, and retrograde and the relationship between astrology and medicine. That's all on tonight's program. It's Beyond Reality, and we will be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Regardless of how you're listening to the show, we appreciate your support and your listenership. And please share it with your friends on all of your social media, particularly tonight's program. We're excited about this one. We are going to be talking about astrology, about Mercury retrograde and astrology and its relationship to medicine. Our guest tonight is an expert in all of those subjects. Leslie McGurk is with us. Leslie, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's really uh, great to have you, and it's an honor to have you with us tonight. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you tonight. Yeah, this is going to be a great conversation because I have to be very, very honest with you. Um, I've had this conversation a few times, and I always leave the astrology conversation not quite sure I understand what it's all about. So let's start kind of at the beginning here. When somebody uses the word astrology, what are they talking about? Well, unfortunately, most people are talking about horoscopes in the back of magazines, or they're talking about sun sign astrology, and most astrologers use astrological jargon, and people get completely lost and befuddled, and it seems very woo-woo and strange, and that's not at all what I do, and how I explain it is really important for people to understand from a scientific point of view, which is one reason why doctors are now finding me because there's a lot of accuracy with astrology. It's considered an esoteric science, so it's a lot like acupuncture. You can go to 20 acupuncturists, but they will all do it a little bit differently because everyone has a different way of interpreting the human body. So with astrology, what it basically is, we are um, at birth imprinted with an electromagnetic pattern. And I believe those planets up there are regulating things that are happening here on Earth. And we can start with just the moon. That's just a rock in space that has an effect on every body of water on planet Earth. And we are about 70% water. And there's a correlation as above, so below. Anyone who works in a hospital or a school, they know that during a full moon, things are more activated. Even if you look at the soil, farmers, there's something called biodynamic farming. They have found, just like the Native Americans had a corn moon or a strawberry moon, they understood that the moon is affecting the soil because there's water in the soil, so things get a little more plump. And and if you plant a seed during these times, things will be better. That's why there's a huge thing right now in the wine business with biodynamic farming, which is all based on the cycles of the moon. So getting back to our bodies, if the planets are giving off frequencies, vibrations, which have been scientifically measured to have an influence here on Earth, what we're basically looking at with an astrology chart is a blueprint or an owner's manual, and it shows where all the different planets were in a sacred geometry pattern that can be read exactly the same way that a piece of music can be read. Music is also something that is interpreted. You can play your musical score really badly, or you can play it really well, and my belief is that an astrologer is looking at your human design, and I'm also working with a lot of neurologists now. They're in my classes because the idea of neuroplasticity, which is where the brain is able to break patterns. You know, when you're young, it, your brain is very um, open and expanded, and as you get older, it gets tighter. And they have found that there's a way to break those patterns so that you have more plasticity. And I think that astral plasticity is what I'm calling what I do because I believe that we are born with a wiring system that we can actually break 
and a good astrologer is going to tell you the best way to interpret how you were designed, and then the goal is to have it actually have no influence over your life. Just like when you get really good at playing a piece of music, you don't have to read the music. It's just something that just naturally occurs. So I hope that makes better sense. Have you ever had someone explain astrology to you that way before? Not quite in those those terms, but certainly um, you know using some of the same words. Um, but again, it comes down to this idea that when you're born, the... Uh, the, the, the astrological bodies that you reference are in a certain pattern, right? Is that what we're yeah. talking about here? And that pattern um, is some is a bit of a blueprint, and it can be, is it read, interpreted, or is it something that influences your, what, your your physical being, your soul, your, your uh, spiritual energy? Uh, what is the connection that influences the, the, the person who is actually born under that confluence of astrological bodies? It affects everything. So think about it within the animal kingdom. So let's say we have two puppies, and one of them is a greyhound, and one of them is a basset hound. They come in with a very, very different blueprint, and they have completely different personality types. And one of them is designed to go really fast on a racetrack, and the other one is kind of pokey. So you're not going to be able to change the basic qualities of a greyhound just like you can't change the basic qualities of a basset hound. And humans are very much the same as everything else in the animal kingdom. We come in with a design, and a lot of it's through our DNA. We take after generations of our um, ancestors, and the patterns I can see, let's say if your mother had alcoholic tendencies, it'll show if you have that and if it's from your mother's side of the family or the father's. So it's actually a, a sort of a blueprint of your, your DNA, your, your design, and the job is to not fall into the problem of trying to make a basset hound into a greyhound. You can't fight your basic wiring, and we have to learn to like what we've been given. There's nothing wrong with anyone's chart. Everything's perfect. It's just how are you using it. It's like saying, well, a Ferrari is better than a Jeep. Well, that's crazy because it depends what the use is for. We all have a reason for being born, and there's something positive in everyone's chart. Okay, so as we're trying to bring this all together so someone like me, who has very little experience with any of this, understands it, These, um, the, the influence of the blueprint on the human life, what part of you does it, does it influence most directly? Is it your personality? Is it your... It's all of it. It's, it's your everything. physicality. It's your personality. It's how you communicate. It's how you... Your sexual energy, your sexual orientation your emotional life, your financial life. There's not a single aspect that astrology doesn't cover. And I certainly, Everything. And I certainly understand the point you made very well about the fact that that's not the only thing that will determine who you are and what you're going to be. It's also, there's a genetic component. There are other parts of the human existence that will also guide you um, and help determine uh, the outcome yes. of your life. Right. So it's not just this, this astrology that we're talking about. However, um, if... Two people are born at the exact same minute, the exact same day. They're going to have the same astrological blueprint, right? Right. I'll explain how that works. So if there are two cars that come off the assembly line and they have the exact same everything, meaning, like, metaphorically speaking, the exact same birth chart, 
the difference between the two is that there are drivers in each one that are completely different. So you are in control of your chart. So two people, like if I, if I had a cosmic twin out there that was born on my birthday in Albany, New York, at the exact same second and moment, that person's life could look very, very different than mine because I have quite a difficult chart. And when I was 19 years old, I went to an astrologer. My mother sent me to her because she was worried about me. And this astrologer basically saved my life because she saw my highest potential and she redirected me. So someone else with that same birth chart could be dead right now and someone could say, well, how are these people? They're very, very different. And it's true because I had more awareness and could use what I was given, use my owner's manual to the best possible end result for me. And that's the, the joy and the beauty of astrology and how it can help so much in the world of psychotherapy, I've been working with um, doctors in the therapeutic world for over 15 years, and one of the doctors that I've worked with, he um, basically, when he teaches now, he does, he's an EMDR therapist. I don't know if you know what that is. I can explain that in a minute, but it's the perfect thing to work with astrology. But he basically grew his practice through my sending him clients because I'm like a diagnostic person. I look at someone's chart, and I'm analyzing the piece of machinery that you've been given, but I cannot um, change the uh, what's going to happen because you're the one driving. Or a doctor, a lot of times that's why I send people to physicians because I'll see you have an imbalance here in the chart. We want to take care of that before it becomes a problem. Okay, so explain to me what an EMDR therapist is. Okay. This is super, super important and very interesting and also, in my opinion, very disturbing that most people have never heard of it. EMDR stands for Eye Motion Desensitization Response. What they have found is that the brain gets looping with patterns from trauma, and I would say almost everyone has some trauma. Um, If you have trauma under the age of five, it develops a very serious case of PTSD in people. This is a biological fact. There's a book called Healing Trauma by Levine. I forget his first name. But it's um, a way EMDR, by moving your eyes really, really fast, left, right, left, right, what happens is that it goes into the brain and finds, like, those needles that are stuck in a groove, like when you have an old-fashioned record player and you hear the same song over and over again. It goes in there and finds the trauma and then lifts that needle out so you don't stay stuck. And it's a physical thing. When you have a certain problem that you cannot get rid of, no matter what you try to do, whether it's overeating or low self-esteem or anything that can plague a human being, a lot of times you can try all you want, but if your brain is stuck looping, you can't shift it. I did over 20 years of psychotherapy, and when I found EMDR, I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I had known about this earlier. So what I do is I find where the patterns are, where the needles are stuck in someone's chart. I send them to EMDR therapists to then get those needles lifted out so that the people can be free of some of the more difficult challenges that are in a chart. So, so we're here to learn lessons. But what happens is we tend to have to learn the lessons over and over and over again, and then sometimes it gets frustrating because you realize you're in a pattern, but you don't know how to stop it, and that's where EMDR helps. And there's a website called emdria.org where people can find EMDR therapists to help them with things, and it's really 
amazing. It, it works in a way that just talk therapy doesn't. I've, I've never heard of this. Is, this is, is an EMDR therapist considered to be like a psychologist? or? A, a... Yes, they're usually, you know, they're licensed, and you, you need to get someone who's certified. Usually they're, you know, PhDs, um, and, or um, they're all licensed, um, you know, therapists. So this is a medical fact that um, EMDR works, and I believe one reason why more people don't know about it is because it works, and, and you know all the drugs that people yeah. take for anxiety and depression or whatever. Uh, we wouldn't need so many of them if there was actually a way to heal the human brain of negative patterns. So what? Amazing, you, right? It is amazing. And what do you see in somebody's uh, astrological reading that tells you this person needs to visit an EMDR therapist? I'm pretty much an expert on trauma. I can spot trauma a mile away. And you and spot that a lot in, of in a reading? Times, you can spot that in a reading of astrology? Yeah, my, my accuracy is 95%. Wow. I, I think a lot of it is because I'm also highly intuitive, very psychic, and have mediumship abilities as well. So when I'm reading a chart, it's a very different experience than just going to a regular astrologer. I have a gift and I, I'm not, there are other astrologers that are technically amazing, but they don't have the gift of interpretation the way that I do. So yeah, I can see trauma. Like for example, I'll just tell you a story that happened the other day. Yeah. I had a client who um, did not think that she had a traumatic childhood at all. She said, well, I had a great childhood. My parents loved me. You know, I can't think of anything. And yet there was something in the chart that told me something really traumatic happened, and she kept denying it. It took 45 minutes before she finally said that at age nine, she used to go over to her neighbor's house all the time and play with her and the girl's sister, who was a few years older. And at nine years old, this little girl was uh, aware that the sister that was a little bit older uh, committed suicide by wrapping herself in a blanket and setting herself on fire. And this, chi- this child couldn't even, you know, conceive of the trauma that that did to her. Yeah. And as she was talking about it, her throat got all tight. And I said, where do you feel it in your body? And it was in her shoulders. It was in her heart. It was in her throat. I said, listen, you, just because it didn't happen in your family, you knew that little girl. You were good friends with her sister. That thing that happened to you, you've totally pushed aside, but it's still stuck there. It's a memory that the EMDR therapist can go in and break that so it's no longer trapped in the system because what tends to happen is that these traumas, we, especially when we're little, the only way we can deal with them is to minimize them and act as if, well, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it took her 45 minutes to even remember that this happened. Yeah, so I was going to ask, was, was this a recessed uh, memory that you were able yes. to get her to pull out of, yes. you know, wherever it was being recessed to? Um, yes, exactly. So, yeah, because so, I never give up, because the chart never lies. So how, my, is it, my, how did it affect her? My clients her? will not be aware of it, but my job is to unearth these things. How did it affect her? If she doesn't, and this is, goes for anybody who, who's experiencing that, maybe I am too, I don't, I don't know. Um, but for someone who has some type of, you know, uh, recessed memory like that, which they can't recall during their day-to-day routine, how does it affect them? If they're not, if they can't remember it, uh, how does it affect their behavior or their life? 
It affects them in ways um, having to do with relationships around being close to other people, around whether or not they feel safe or not. Um, there and are they a just, lot. And they just don't realize. One in the three and... women have had sexual abuse. That fits with the national average. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Most people have had trauma. It's extremely common. So what you're saying then is, um, and, and this certainly sounds reasonable to me, but there are people that have experienced these things, don't remember they've ex- experienced them, but they're having trouble in other parts of their life that are related to that, not, not yes. you know, that, that is causing, and they just don't understand what the cause is. Exactly. And until you get to the root cause, it's like chopping down a tree. It's going to keep growing unless you dig out the roots. So my job is to find the roots, the root causes of things. And when you get that, it's incredibly liberating. And there have been many uh, doctors who have sent me patients that they cannot figure out what's the matter with them. And usually what I find is that there's some trauma there that the individual patient is not really aware of what a big deal it was. It must be quite a liberating experience. I mean, it must be kind of painful to actually remember something like that, that you've had kind of hidden in the recesses of your mind for so long. And then it must be a, a, a painful experience to remember, but then a cleansing feeling after the after that, because I guess at that point, whether it's through EMDR therapy or, or whatever, you can actually address it and deal with it. Exactly. I mean, I could tell you so, so many stories. Like, here's another one that I could tell you that just comes to mind. This mother-daughter, the daughter was in her 30s, and the mother was, like, in her 60s, and they never had gotten along. It was very, very difficult. And no matter what they did, they were always antagonistic with each other. And then I saw in the chart that the, the little girl, when she was born, had a terrible, terrible uh, birth. Her delivery was beyond gruesome, and the mother was almost killed. The baby was almost killed. They were separated for a long time because of how hideous the whole thing was. So the two of them, at the moment of her birth, were in an antagonistic relationship. And that little girl had to live in an incubator for a long time, so they never really bonded. So once these two people understood that it wasn't their fault, that something really traumatic and very physically damaging had happened to both of them, you wouldn't believe how these two people now relate to each other. It's like they cried, they hugged, they finally understood. Neither one of them was wrong. They were both still traumatized. And even though an infant technically doesn't remember these things, they really don't, but the body remembers everything. That's amazing stuff. And I can really, I, I can fully understand now why you said at the beginning of this that your definition or your approach to astrology is far different than maybe what we've heard before, because it is much different. It is, but here's the crazy thing about this astrology. It's been around for thousands of years, and most people have no idea that the Hippocratic Oath that every doctor takes, there used to be part two to the oath, and it stated that any man who practices medicine and doesn't know how to read a chart is not a doctor but a fool. So Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, believed in astrology, and it used to be you couldn't get a medical license unless you knew how to read a chart. Wow. And it used to be that astrologers were the wisest people in a society, and the three wise men who found baby Jesus, they were 
the Magi, most people don't realize that the word Magi means astrologers. They were like the holy men because they knew things. They could read the patterns. That's what a good astrologer is doing. They're simply reading the patterns. It's why I knew the, the pandemic. I knew something was coming, and I predicted it uh, a year before it happened. I said to my students during a webinar that uh, life as we know it will be over in early 2020. And I don't usually say things like that because yeah. I don't really do predictions, but I was 100% right. <laughs> Our life went upside down. And, um, and I also knew in the element that whatever this thing that was coming would be from, and I knew it had something to do with the element of air. So I knew it wasn't a forest fire or an earthquake, or I knew it wasn't a typical kind of war thing either, but I said, whatever this thing that's coming, it has to do with air. And sure enough, the virus is invisible, just like air is invisible. Yeah. It attacks the lungs, which is where we breathe, and it's airborne. That's right. And um, the whole year has been about not breathing. George Floyd, when he was, you know, murdered, he said, I can't breathe. It's a metaphor for all of us. And now we all have masks on, and it's hard to breathe, and our glasses get all foggy. <laughs> yes. But we're, we are a, a metaphor, and it's a wake-up call for what we're doing to our planet, because I think that the Earth is screaming out, I can't breathe. There's too much pollution everywhere, and in the waters, you know, the fish, are, are so many of them are toxic. I have friends, because I've been involved in environmental work for a long, long time, and they're all saying that the fish in the ocean, this, this is not good. In 10 years, we may not even be eating fish. So our planet is asking us to have a wake-up call, and one of the great benefits of the pandemic has been the skies have been clearer, the water have been clear. This is uh, nature's way of trying to gently wake us up, and this virus could have been so much worse. Can you imagine if it caused blindness or yeah. if it made everybody crippled the way that polio did? People wouldn't be joking around and not wearing masks anymore. This, is, this was a gentle, even though, you know, almost half a million people have died just in our country, it's still, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, that is that is very very true, and it's. Um, I mean, it seems odd to say we have a lot to be thankful for at this moment, but we in in many ways do. Um, yes, I, I agree. I want to understand a little bit more about the other kind of astrology that you mentioned when I first asked you this question. When you talk about things like zodiacs or or, or horoscopes, or where do they fit into all this? That is what I call baby food astrology. Okay. It's more entertaining. It's not really what it was designed to be. It's like a simplified way of making people feel like they have some, basically a fortune teller telling them, oh, yeah. if you're a cancer, this is what your year of 2021 is going to be like. It doesn't work that way. It's not useful, and um, I don't do that because... That's like saying everybody who, who owns a Mercedes is going to have this happen to them on the road. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with the truth, and I'm obsessed with the truth. That's why my accuracy is so high. I know that this is a, an esoteric science. I know that we are much more than just saying we're a sun sign Leo or Gemini. That doesn't give me enough information. We have to know more. We have to know about 
How do you react to emotional stress? That's indicated by your moon sign. And the reason why emotions are connected to the moon is because the moon is water, and emotions are considered water. When we cry, that's water. Those are tears. So there's a correlation with the element of water and the moon and emotions. So when we meet people for the first time, you could say, well, I'm an Aries and you're a Cancer. But really, if you want to know what someone's really like, you need to know their moon sign because that's going to tell you what they will be like when they get emotionally upset. So you could be a Cancer sun, which is a very soft water sign, very gentle energy. But if your moon is in Aries, which is fire and aggressive, you're going to be a totally different uh, person <laughs> with that kind of wiring. And without that knowledge, then you're not really helping people. You, you need to go a little deeper, and that's why I wrote my book, The Power of Mercury, because that's all about just the planet of communication. So in relationships, if you can't talk to somebody, it's very difficult to have an easy time with them. So I originally wrote that book and was going to call it The Secret Language of Romance because I wanted people who were single or people who were married to figure out their partnership issues, and that can bring so much peace as well. Like even uh, I can think of an instance where a mother and daughter read my book and they were always antagonistic with each other, and it's because their communication styles were completely different. And once they understood it, then they had peace. And that's the beauty of astrology, the way I do it. It actually is what I call the language of compassion, because you are coming to terms with the way you were designed, and then when you see how other people are designed, you have compassion for them, and then you don't get so upset when they're different than you. It's like you're not going to get mad at a basset hound for having short stubby legs when it can't run the way a greyhound does. <laughs> that image of the basset hound trying to run just cracks me up. They're just funny looking dogs. I, I think they're so they cute. Are. They're so funny though. Um I have okay, so you you you've you've explained one thing and then created more questions in my mind as you explained. Um Well that's good. I love like that. And I don't know if if you just connected with me and knew that I was a cancer but what does it mean if i say i'm a cancer because you, you said moon sign and sun sign what it, if someone just is generally accepted to be a cancer or a gemini or whatever it happens to be is that one of those two yeah the when 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 you say you're a cancer when's your birthday by the way june, what day you don't have to tell me the year that's okay june, tw- june 25th okay because i'm a cancer as well um cancer sun sign just means that that's like telling me your brand. So are, are you a Volvo? Are you a Mercedes? Are you a Ford? Are you a Toyota? I'm, I'm getting the basic flavoring. But I don't know enough about what you're going to be like if you get stuck in an elevator with me and I have a panic attack. How are you going to treat me? Then I need to know your moon sign. And people can look that up on the Internet. Um, there are lots of free programs out there where you can find that. And then the third level down after the, so it goes the sun sign, moon sign, and then Mercury. Mercury has to do with communication. So the two things that people need to know is that we all know our sun sign, but very few people know our moon or our Mercury sign. And we all have different um, zodiac signs for the different planets. So think of the planets as being like actors. And the zodiac signs are the costumes that they wear. So when you were born, the exterior of your car looks like a, you are the brand of a cancer. But we have to go into the car to look at, the, like, the mother, the female energy, the emotional energy, to see 
which zodiac sign did the moon plop in when you were born? Because that's going to tell me a lot more about who you are. Okay, so I think I'm starting this is starting to come together for me. So when you said, um, you know, each of these other bodies, whether it's Mercury or the Moon, um, your quote unquote Moon sign would be where where the Moon is in relationship to one of those um, um, constellations. Right. Okay. So let's look at it when you're born. I'm a I'm an artist, so I always explain things with pictures. So let, have you ever been to Grand Central Station in New York City? Yeah, I have. Okay, so you know on the ceiling, there are all the constellations on the ceiling. Have yep, you seen that? I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those constellations, the word zodiac means band of animals. So those are always in the same order. They go Aries, Taurus, Cancer, Gemini, Cancer. They go around the circle. It's always the same. And the sky is constantly moving. But that basic pattern stays the same, but it moves according to the season. So when you're born, when they're looking up at the sky, all those stars are there, but you see just certain formations at certain times of the year. That's why when we say you're a cancer, it's because the, the planet was uh, at your moment of birth, that was, you know, right above, that, that's your, like, home team. But all the other planets, which are up in that sky, plop into one of those pictures, one of those uh, zodiac constellations. That's why you could have your sun in Cancer, your moon in Taurus, your Mercury in Cancer, your Venus in Leo, your Mars in Pisces. You, you have the whole thing is a whole range of, of all the different zodiac signs. You're part of the whole solar system, and we have to look at all of it. So when people say, oh, I don't like Sagittarius people, you have to be careful because you have Sagittarius somewhere in your chart. But the other way I describe it is, um, did you play the board game Clue when you were a kid? Yeah, sure did. Okay. So you know the board has all the different rooms, like the conservatory or the library or whatever. The astrology wheel for everybody is exactly the same. So you open up the board, and it looks the same for everybody. But what changes the game is that when you roll the dice, those little people, like Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard, they land in different rooms of this board, and those are the planets. The, the actors, the little people, are like the planets. So the moon is your mother energy, your emotions. So that would be like, you know, Miss Scarlet or whatever. So she's wearing what costume? Oh, she's in Leo, and she's living in the conservatory. So we have to put all three together. So it's like reading three-dimensional tic-tac-toe to read a chart. I've been doing it for 40 years, so you know, it takes a long time to get yeah. good at this, but but I hope that helps you explain it. it there's does. there's a whole range of things going on, which is why just knowing your sun sign and reading your horoscope or or looking at relationship books where they say, well, you're a Cancer and your girlfriend is an Aries, that won't work out. It's ridiculous. It's not true, and it's not it's not useful. We're talking tonight with Leslie McGurk. Her website is her name, lesliemcgurk.com. Very easy to find. Also author of the book, The Power of Mercury. Now, are those the only three bodies that we're concerned with, the sun, the moon, and Mercury? Those are the easiest ones to understand in a conversation that we're having over the radio. But um, I think that there are so much more um, interesting things to get to in a chart. For example, Pluto which is the planet of death and rebirth. It takes 10 years 
for Pluto to travel across the sky just through one constellation picture. So anyone born 10 years around you is going to have their Pluto in the same costume as as your chart will have. But Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth, and it will tell me in the chart why you were born. So I think this is extremely important because what better piece of information could a person have than to know why are they here? What are you here to do? And if the chart can give someone that gift, that's massive. So are these definitions or these interpretations, as you just said, using Pluto as an example, that it can tell you what that person is meant to do? Are, who who defined, when were these defined? Is it is that an interpretation as well, or is there kind of strict? It's a, uh, this is a language. So this language of astrology has been around for thousands and thousands of years. So basically... Many, many people who have looked at the skies for, for, you know, they write down what they notice with these patterns, so they notice these similar things that kept happening. So there are a lot of really great astrologers. There are many wonderful books which define these, um, these terms, these, this language. So one of them is Liz Green. She's a Jungian therapist. Carl Jung, um, you know, who was around at the same time as uh, Freud, mm-hmm. he used astrology he wouldn't see a patient unless he had the astrology chart. And Freud told him, don't do this. People are going to think you're crazy. And, and Carl Jung said, sorry, it's too accurate. I can't not do it. And so everyone, even myself, I've noticed that reading so many charts, there are certain things that I have uh, defined that are very unusual. For example, there's one particular thing that I've noticed that people who have it, they were bitten by dogs when they were children. And why is that there? I've never read that in a book, but it's something I keep noticing. And every time I ask somebody, hey, were you bitten by a dog when you were a kid? I'd say half the time they say yes. And I don't think it's that common a thing. Um, but it's just it's just noticing these patterns and through history, they've written them down. It's like learning Japanese. This is just a language. That's all it is. Just like music is a language. Leslie, you said it took a, took you a long time to become uh, adept at this, um, which you yes. clearly are. When you say a long time, the years aren't important, but how did you get started with all this? Was it that first visit that your mother sent you on because she was concerned about you? Yes, yeah, so... It kind of flipped me out that this woman in Greenwich Village in New York City knew me. She she knew everything about me, and she knew uh, things that in my soul I know were true. She said I was highly creative, and I was always told I couldn't draw and that I had no talent, but she knew I was, and it's true. I mean, most of my life I've been an artist and a writer of children's picture books. People can go to any bookstore and find my books. I've sold two million copies around the world, and I was a designer in Japan. She told me that um, I would become famous overseas. It was true. I worked for Takashimaya, and you'd go into any department store in Japan, and it would say, welcome to the world of Leslie McGuirk. You know, and here I had no training in art. was always told I didn't have any talent. I've also done a TED Talk called The Importance of Being Wrong about how everything that everyone said were the worst things about me, were actually the best things about me. So that astrologer saw all of this, and she told me exactly how to operate my owner's manual, and I believe that if I had not gone to her, I don't think I would be here right now. I told you I have a pretty gnarly chart. 
And because of my life path, uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened to me that have made me very empathetic, and I think it's one reason why I'm good at reading charts because I can actually feel, um, you know, I, I'm really good at the trauma stuff. I will say that. <laughs> Whether I like to, to admit it or not is just a fact. Yeah. What did your, did your mother have experience with astrology? Is that why she knew this might help you? No, she didn't. And I grew up in, um, outside of New York City where nobody talked about astrology. But my mom, I think, had psychic abilities that she was afraid of. And mm-hmm. how she found this astrologer was that she belonged to a women's club, and they had a speaker come in who was a daughter of one of her very nice older lady friends. And because it was a very refined audience and a nice group of ladies, and this astrologer was very intelligent, my mother was fascinated by her, her lecture, and that's when she set up the appointment for me. And you really, really look at that now, especially, and see that as the turning point, not only in your life, but in, in everything about your, your being. A hundred percent. And I knew that she saved my life in that moment. And I can say that many people have told me that I have done the same for them. I was just going to ask so you. I have a it, deep reverence for this astrology. That's why you can understand why I get very upset when people talk about horoscopes yeah. and fortune telling. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it makes me crazy because it's not, it's a, the beauty of this uh, system is beyond belief. I w- and I was going to ask you, I know it's difficult to to talk about your personal successes. If anybody, most people have difficulty with that, but you've had people actually tell you uh, that you have changed their life, uh, the way your life was changed when you had your first uh, consultation. Yeah, I would say um, a large percentage of my clientele um, has said that to me, and um, it's very humbling. I I get emails all the time, and sometimes there are crazy things that happen that are really fun and light. I'll tell you one funny story, because there's something called an astrocartography map where you can look at where on the planet are the best places that resonate with you. So, for example, if you want to be a writer, Mercury rules communication. So if you go to a line where there's Mercury, that's a great place to go. If you want to find love, if you're a woman, you want to go to a Venus line because Venus is the goddess energy. If you go there, you tend to be uh, very admired as a female. So this, is a, this has happened more than once, by the way. I had a client in L.A. who was in her 60s who wanted to have a boyfriend, and I said, well, let me look at your astral cartography map and tell you where you need to go. And I said, well, you got this Venus goddess line going right through Denmark. I said, that's where you need to go. And she laughed. She thought I was ridiculous. And um, six years passed, and she called me just a little while ago and said, Leslie, you won't believe this. I have a boyfriend, and he's from Denmark. We go back and forth. She met him in L.A., but that is, you don't even have to go to the place where the Venus line is. If somebody is actually from that area, it still can work. It's crazy, but it's happened so many times. Another one I'll tell you, which was nuts, was um, this woman. Um, she uh, was overweight. She had had gastric bypass surgery. She hadn't dated in 20 years, and she rescued cats. And you kind of get the image of her. This this woman was not exactly you know, ready to get married, but I looked at her chart, and I said, oh, my God, you're supposed to be married. You're not supposed to be alone. You have really strong sexual energy, and she lived in the Seattle area, and I said, 
we're looking at your weather forecast for the next year. You, in this next year, you're under the most amazing aspects to meet someone. And I looked at her little astrocartography map, and I said, you need to get yourself a cute outfit and go to Cuba. And she laughed and thought I was crazy. But a year later, she said, about six months after the reading, somebody invited her to Cuba. She went, and she met a guy there who lived 10 miles from her in Seattle, and they've been together ever since. And I've got her email in my files because she's like, she said, I thought you were crazy. They all think, you know, I'll say things and like telling everyone that life as we know it will be over in a year. I now pay attention to all of these things that, that come to me because it's pretty wild. When you've used another word here that I'm not sure the meaning of, you said like a Venus line or a Mercury line. What, what is the line? The line means that um, it's it's sort of like putting your astrological chart and finding out where Venus, which is the planet of love, where does that line cross on the planet Earth at the time of your birth? And it's it's some system that a guy by the name of Jim Lewis invented, and it's incredibly accurate. So. Um, there are, as I said, a lot of people who are technically brilliant at different parts of astrology, and he was really good at this sort of technical thing of figuring this mapping system out. But that's, that's sort of advanced astrology. That would be a hard thing to explain easily, but that it does work. I mean, I've had my chart um, since I was 19, that astrologer who basically saved my life. She told me to get one of those charts, and... I have, um, going through Tokyo, Japan, the line for fame and fortune. So you can't make this stuff up. It's yeah. like I've traveled all over the world, and it has never um, proven to be wrong. And, but yet we have free will as well. For example, in Bali, I have a, a very accident-prone line, and I was hell-bent to go to Bali, and I didn't, I didn't want astrology ruling my life. And I went there, and on the last day of the trip, this guy who was doing, like, acupressure to me uh, and my, some of my friends, he asked if he could do my neck, and the little voice in my head said no, but he snapped my head with his hands and gave me such a bad neck injury that for seven years I couldn't even use my arms. So oh. I didn't have to have that happen. This is really, really an important point. Just because those lines or that tendency was there, I had free will. I didn't listen to my intuition. I got injured. I was in a in a area of the world where I was more prone to having an accident, but it never crossed my mind that someone doing acupressure could cause an accident. You know, you think more of like a motorcycle accident or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. But we have free will, but it's very important to use astrology to help navigate. That's all it is. It's a navigational tool, just like the owner's manual in your car glove compartment. That doesn't control your car. You do. It's just telling you how to keep it safe, how to take care of it. That's all an astrologer can do. But the part where it becomes a little bit predictive is that if, if you tell me you have a Jeep and you want to enter it into the Daytona 500, I'm going to tell you you're going to lose. So <laughs> that's, that's where it's predictive because there are certain things that are just not going to happen. Like I was just looking at the chart of Michael Phelps, and he is – totally designed to be Aquaman, and that's him. That's what he does. And, again, we get back to the dog analogy. We are what we are. How can we do it the best possible way? 
Your book is called The Power of Mercury, and I keep hearing the phrase mercury retrograde or mercury in retrograde. What, what does that mean? What, what are we talking about here? That's another thing that's become part of our vernacular that nobody knows what the heck they're talking exactly. about. Exactly, yeah. So here's what it is, and people need to not freak out about it. I'm going to use a metaphor to describe it. So sometimes uh, when you're looking up at the sky, it will appear that the planets are moving backwards. Mercury is not the only one that has this appearance. They all have their moments when they look like they're going in reverse. So for thousands or hundreds of years, probably not thousands, but hundreds of years, people have thought, that when Mercury, the planet of communication, is going backwards, you shouldn't go on a trip, you shouldn't sign a contract, your communications won't go well. There is, uh, I believe, when enough people are thinking something, I think thoughts become things, then all of a sudden, every time it's Mercury retrograde, everyone's car breaks down and their computer breaks. And There is some truth to that. However, what's important is whether or not you were born during one of those Mercury retrograde periods. Because for you, it means that when it goes retrograde, you're actually in your element. So you're supposed to be going forward then. So here, here's the metaphor. So pretend you're on the highway and you are driving north, like on 95, and 80% of the people on the planet are driving north with you on that side of the highway. On the other side of the highway, going in the other uh, direction, are all these cars that are going in the same direction as you, but they're driving backwards. And so you're all headed in the same place, but all the 20% of the population is going backwards. Those are the people who were born with Mercury retrograde. So when it goes retrograde, it flips. And then the people who are going backwards are now going forwards. And the people who are going forwards now feel all cockamamie. And the reason why I don't like people getting all freaked out about Mercury retrograde is because for the 20% of the population, including myself, that was born during Mercury retrograde, it means that when it goes direct, I feel the way all of you guys feel when it was retrograde, and I can't live my life not taking a trip or not signing a contract. You can't do that. You have to just live your life. You do not want astrology to dictate every single thing that you do. I just don't think that's healthy. I think you're in charge, not, not the planets. It's crazy to think that, you know, Mercury retrograde is, is, has that much power over you. So how do you help somebody who is letting that power or letting that affect them so deeply? Well, they, it's about being educated. One of the things I'm obsessed with is teaching people how to read charts. So what I love to do is um, educate people on how this system actually works so that you can be at peace with the weather. So that's like saying rain is bad. Well, rain is good. You don't want it every day, but it's not a bad thing. So mercury retrograde is like putting your car in reverse. Well, that's a bad thing if you're trying to go forward, but it's phenomenal if you're in your garage and you need to back out because without reverse, you can't get out of the garage. So we need to have reverence for things that are not always zipping forward. We have an addiction to speed, so we have a tendency to think that things that are retrograde or backwards are bad, but it's not bad. It's actually a time when you have higher intuition, when coincidences are much more frequent, and 
instead of getting frazzled by being in reverse, we should actually be grateful for it because without it, we're just a monotonous hum of forward-moving energy. So it's, it's not something to be afraid of or concerned with. No, it's something to be aware of. It's good to know about it. So that, but the most important thing is you need to find out if you were born during Mercury retrograde, and that's easy to find online, too. There are many sites that have Mercury calculators, or, of course, if you buy my book, the whole book is about Mercury, so you can look up in the back. There's a place where you can look up anyone's birth date and year and find out their Mercury sign, and then I've written all the comparisons. So there are... 144 comparisons, and it's explaining how people mesh at an intellectual level, at a humor level, and how they use words, how they speak, how they fight. It's very, very useful. Uh, we have a, a bunch of folks who have been asking in our chat room about readings and that type of thing. Is the website the best place for them to go to get information about that? Yes, but the problem is that um, I'm now booked into August. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I um, I don't even know what to tell people other than it's a long wait. <laughs> and what I would suggest, two things, they can write to me. And um, when I'm not even going to take readings right now because I don't want people to wait that long. It's, it's just too much. But I do want people to know that I'm going to be starting once a month um, a current events hour-long chat around what's happening in the world. And if people want to join in on that, it's going to be $25, you know, once a month to just have me teach everybody and talk about what's going on. And then the other thing is to take uh, one of my webinars. I'm going to be doing those throughout the year because that's really my obsession. I'm, I'm trying to get away from doing the one-on-one readings because it's, I just can't help everybody. And I, I can help more people if I can teach people what I know. It makes a lot of sense. Speaking of teaching, um, something else that you're doing, uh, which seems to be very, very fascinating, is that you're working with medical professionals, specifically neurologists. Tell me what's going on there. So what happened um, was that in the beginning, when I first discovered EMDR, I realized, oh my gosh, this is the most perfect thing for me as an astrologer to work with EMDR therapists. So that was the first level of medical stuff that I was doing, and I've been doing that the longest, working with psychotherapists and social workers. And then it grew, and I was teaching at Rancho La Puerta, which is a spa in Mexico, and in the audience was a very well-known cardiologist who um, is part of a big um, medical system in New York City, and he came to my lecture, and he watched what I did. I'll, I'll take a room of like 60 people and move them around the room according to their Mercury sign and their Moon sign, so people start acting out who and what they are. So he saw how accurate it was, and he came up to me and he said, my God, Leslie, if what you're doing is really um, this accurate, I can't even imagine how profound this could be for me with my patients because you can tell me things that even they don't know. I said, exactly. So we started doing um, an experiment where he would send me his patients, but I said, you have to know that I didn't Google them. So you have to tell me just their birth date. I don't want to know their first name or their last name. I don't want their phone number or their email address. You're just going to call them patient number one, patient number two, blah, 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 then what we're going to do is have them call a free conference line so I can record it, and then you get 
that recording, and um, he said, You're, you've been spot on with every single one. And one, the first guy who I did his chart, patient number one, he had been in psychotherapy for 30 years, and he said what you did in one hour was equivalent to 30 years of psychotherapy. Wow. So how could I, how could I do this if it wasn't scientific? Yeah. There's, there's something that I've developed here in addition to my intuitive abilities, but there's something here that is profoundly important for mental health and physical health. And so this particular um, doctor, when we got to patient number six, he said, okay, here's my patient who's been sick for six years, and we cannot figure out what the heck's the matter with her. So I look at her chart, and in one hour, I knew exactly what was the matter with her, and she is one of my biggest fans, and she tells everybody on earth about me, which is, <laughs> as a lot of people do, which is why I'm so booked up, but, um, you know, she is telling me I've saved her life, and I know I have, and then I've worked with her entire family, so I'm really good at helping with family systems when people don't get along well with each other and figuring out the reason why. If you get to the root cause of anything you can then heal it. And the, the trick with astrology is that I can see things, I can see all the patterns that a therapist could never possibly see. It's not possible. Well, as you mentioned in the start of our conversation, that there was a point in the beginning, I suppose, where um, astrology, being able to read, read an astrological chart was an important part of medicine. Yeah, it was a huge part of medicine. Yep, and throughout cultures all over the world, like in India, astrology is a very big deal. In China, the the people that were right below the highest-ranking royal family emperors were the astrologers, and they were able to read the qi, which is your energy. And then below them were the qigong and tai chi masters because they were teaching people how to move their qi. And then below that were the massage therapists who physically move your qi for you. Now it's all topsy-turvy. Now everyone has a massage therapist, and some people go to Qigong or Tai Chi, and then astrologers are at the bottom of the barrel. We've got it all wrong. The astrologers who know how to do it the way that I do it should be right at the highest level, working with medical professionals all over the country. When did it start to change? At what point did science think it either knew better or needed to disregard this particular part of its heritage. Do we know when that happened? Um, I don't know. That's a really great question. I don't know. All I know is that um, when Nancy Reagan, you know, said she didn't make a move without consulting an astrologer, mm-hmm. that did not help the cause. <laughs> because I remember that. then it became, again, about predict- predictions. Yeah. And that's not really, I don't like that because you have free will. You, you know best. Like, I don't even check my chart that often. I mean, I, I know a little bit about what's going on with the weather, but I want to wake up every day knowing that if I do the best I can, I'm going to have a, a good life and a good day. It's not some rock in space that's telling me what's going to happen. I mean, that's crazy. That, I don't believe in that, and I, I think it's an influence, just like weather is an influence, but whether it's rainy or sunny, how your day goes has more to do with your attitude than anything. Now, I know you said you don't do this as a predictive process. However, you did see the pandemic pandemic coming. You had some um, idea that this, that was going to happen. 2020 was an incredibly difficult year for so many reasons. Um, 
do you have any thing that you can tell us that you have seen in the charts that might uh, give us an understanding of what 2021 is going to be like? Sure. Um, and the thing with 2020, before I jump into 2021, is that you have to realize that a good astrologer is looking at patterns. All right, We can see the patterns as they come down the pike. And I saw a pattern in early 2020 that was like, whoa, you put those three planets together, there is no way that won't be revolutionary beyond belief. <laughs> so that's, that's, it's like a meteorologist saying, oh, there's a hurricane coming because we know how to read the patterns. And think about animals. Animals know when a hurricane is coming well before a human does. There's so much about our planet that people don't pay much attention to, which is that we live in an electromagnetic system. It's why butterflies go in the same routes and birds do and dolphins have, you know, sonar. There's a lot going on on this earth that we pretend that we're not a part of, but we are electromagnetic people. And, and that's why I, you asked me and I started talking about something else about the neurologist. Um, and I'll get to 2021. But they're very interested in the idea of, of the brain and how we get patterned and how to break patterns. So there's a whole correlation there with that. And uh, there's one um, neurologist in particular, she said that, and she's been in my classes, she said, astrology helps to explain the personality and science, they don't know how to do that. And the evolution of astrology, where we combine what I know with what doctors know, is where we're going to have this amazing bridge. And I believe we're getting there. Uh, just like acupuncture 50 years ago, people thought that was crazy. If you really think about it, is acupuncture any more um, unrealistic than astrology? To think that you put little needles and it helps, like, heal your body. I mean, it's, that's based on the electromagnetic system as well. So anyway, back to your question. Sorry, I'm all <laughs> over okay. the place here. But 2021 is still not that easy. Um, we are in a very rare um, conflict between the old and the new. There's a planet, um, it's called Uranus, that represents uh, revolutions and change and things that are uh, very progressive, and it's in a difficult aspect with Saturn, which is about the conservative, older values. And this rare thing that's happening is going on all year, but these are the three dates that people want to write down because this is when they're exact. And this particular clash that's happening in 2021, it happens every 22 years, so it's not that common. But the first one is February 17th. I, I consider the 16th and the 17th to be kind of gnarly days. And then June 14th is the second time it's an exact hit, and then December 24th. So I don't know exactly. Again, and you're it's suggesting like, that I'm those telling days, you there's a pattern coming. That's and, all I can tell you. And those days are what? Is something we should expect something significant to happen? Probably, I would think, because it's a clash from with the old and the new. There's something, and it doesn't have to be bad, but there's, there's a change happening, and we are not going to have a quick fix. Um, there's something 
about, you know, rounding the bend, which we're going to start to feel a little bit more relaxed probably in the springtime, but it doesn't really get a whole lot easier until the summer. So I think the pandemic is still going to be with us for several more months. Um, and I think that um, we're not out of, the, out of the woods yet with uh, the kind of the tension, even in our political life here. And it's true all over the planet. So these things, these dates that I'm giving you, it's not just the United States, it's the whole planet. Right. Could be anywhere. Um, Could be anywhere, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left with you. I wanted to ask about, um, about animals, though, pets in particular. Is, can, you, can you do astrological charts and, and readings on uh, animals as well, or is it just specific to humans? You can do an astrology chart for an animal if you know their birth date. Even if you don't have someone's time, it's still useful, or an animal's time. But, yeah, you can read the pattern for anything. You can do an astrology chart for a company when you, when you incorporate or, or a country. You can do an astrology chart for anything that is born. So there are lots of things that are created or born you can do charts for. And you're just reading their pattern. And for pets, it really does work. I, I had a dog once that his chart and my chart was not a good combination. But I didn't. I was, like, stubborn again, just like I was when I went to Bali. I thought, I'm not going to let that astrocartography map dictate my life. And I'm not going to let astrology... Uh, ruined this cute little puppy that I want to get. Well, sure enough, that puppy, and he was really difficult. I loved him, but it was never easy with him. And I uh, didn't pay attention to my own wisdom and knowledge that that dog was probably not the best personality type for me. Um, so, yeah, it does work, and it's, it's really useful to, to use astrology to help you with your children, if you're single with dating, um, if you're having any interpersonal problems, to understand why. Like, if you have a sister or a brother that's driving you crazy, how beautiful would it be to know why? It just brings so much peace. So, again, my obsession is to teach people how to do what um, I've done with using this as a tool in your toolbox to help you have a better life. And I can get people in eight hours of instruction to where I was after 20 years of, of studying astrology. Oh, wow. So if that's the case, um, going back to these, you know, readings for or, or charts for pets, for even uh, starting a business, that kind of thing, is it, can you do, do, do it in reverse? In other words, can I look at the charts or can I have someone like you work the chart for me and say, hey, this is the best day for you to start this business? A hundred percent, yes. Very, I've been hired right now. Um, I've actually, there are a lot of very successful businessmen who they don't make a move without asking me. And um, J.P. Morgan said, it's not millionaires who use astrology, it's billionaires. And, yeah, it's very, very useful. There are times that are just more auspicious. And if you can have that information, it just makes life a lot easier. It's just, think of it like weather. If you know it's going to be a good day, day for sailing, Go out there, and if it's bad, don't put yourself at risk. I mean, it's just common sense. And remember, an astrologer is just reading your patterns and how you fit with the frequencies of what's happening right now. All right, so then let's go into step further with that concept. If you're a, a young couple thinking of having a child, should you consult 
an astrologer to say, okay, this is, you know, obviously you got to do a little math here, but if you want your child to be a certain way, then you want them born during this window. So therefore you should plan accordingly. Is that something that people do? Yes. I've got one um, client of mine who was doing um, IVF and she kept having miscarriages and things weren't working. And I kept telling her, it's not conducive. You're just going to be pushing a rock up a hill. I said, if you just can wait, um, then I'll tell you during this period, you're going to have a child. And it, it was like a year and a half. She had to wait and she wasn't too happy about that, but she just gave birth uh, last week and it was perfect. It's the child is perfectly um, timed for her and her family and it all worked out. But yeah, you can do that. I, I think uh, it's useful to try to try to work with the cosmos, not fight it. And we have a tendency to think we're not part of this bigger system. And one of the things that the virus has done is it's turned us upside down and made us realize, you know what, there's a lot more to this planet and to this universe that we need to pay a little more attention to. And it has to do with getting back to the ancient rhythms, to the natural cycles. And the planets are part of our natural world and we tend to not think about them very much so um i know that you don't uh, aren't setting up new readings for people because you're so far booked out but you've got a lot of other projects that you said people could take advantage advantage of uh once again let people know what those are and how they can take advantage of them so they can just email me at leslie at lesliemcgurk.com and it's m-c-g-u-i-r-k so I'm doing um, webinars, teaching people how to read charts. That's a very important thing that I'm doing. And then I'm doing this current event, um, event where once a month people can just join me in a live Zoom chat where I'll be talking about what's happening in the world. And I also do a thing called Mystery Guest where I have people who don't reveal their name or their face, and I have people watch how I read charts and what I do. So it's a, another way of learning, and it's a way of, like, it's like going to a concert, <laughs> watching somebody play. It's like watching me read a chart is like going to a musical event. It's, it's quite fascinating, and people can take part in those mystery guest sessions as well. And, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get back to opening up to doing readings. And if people want to sign up for a reading, you know, in the fall, they can. I just want people to know there's a long wait. And the book is called The Power of Mercury. Where can people find that? At your local bookstore or online. It should be anywhere. It was published by HarperCollins a couple years ago. And um, that's a really great place to start because it's a handbook that should be by the side of your bed. And if there's anybody in your life who's giving you trouble, you can just look them up and read the, the combination of you with other people. And it's, it's a book that also explains everything that I've talked about tonight. It gives a very simple introduction to the concept of astrology, and then it talks in one section about Mercury retrograde and whether or not you're, if you are a Mercury retrograde baby like I am, which is 20% of the population, it tells you how to deal with that and then how to prepare for when Mercury does go retrograde. So it's retrograde right now, by the way, and it will happen um, three other times this year and the next time this one ends on february 20th and then it goes retrograde again may 29th through june 22nd and then the last one is 
September 27th to October 18th. So they're just good to, again, just mark it in your calendar. But you need to know, is that your good time, like it is for me? Or is it the time when you feel like you're in reverse? Leslie, it's been a great conversation. And I have to honestly say, not just because you're my guest tonight, but... um, I've ended this conversation about astrology with a far better understanding than any of the others that I've ended. So I appreciate your ability to put these uh, these ideas and these concepts into terms that are understandable for a layperson like myself. Well, thank you. That's kind of what I'm known for. And I think it's because I have a background as an author and illustrator of children's books. I know how to make things simple for a five-year-old. <laughs> and astrology <laughs> is so complex yeah, well, that if I can't bring it down to the level of just basics, you know, then it just goes over people's head and they never get it. And I want people to get it and use it because it can bring so much happiness into people's lives. It's really probably one of the most gorgeous things on planet Earth. And most people don't even understand what it is. Thank, thank you for your time tonight and being on the show. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to get you back at some point. That'd be great. It's my pleasure. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.